0: Today on CityCast Chicago. Around here, the saying used to be, don't know who to vote for? Just pick the most Irish-sounding name. That was especially true for Cook County judges. They're on the ballot every two years, but most voters don't really know who they are or what even makes a good candidate. We're helping you with that, along with Maya Dukmasova and Charles Preston from Injustice Watch. They've put together a comprehensive judicial voting guide to help you make a decision in next week's primary. It's Tuesday, June 21st. I'm Simona Alisea, in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago.
1: Before I even worked for Injustice Watch, uh, I didn't, I paid very little attention to judges. And whenever I did vote, I would just go according to a name that just feels good. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, a tactic a lot of voters use, and there's yeah. a lot of bias and partisan guides out there. Um, this is one of the most important positions, um, elected positions in all of Cook County.
2: Welcome back to CityCast Chicago, y'all.
3: Thanks for having us.
2: Good to be back. So let's get right to it. Why should voters care about judges and sift through this comprehensive and really organized voting guide? Maya.
3: Well, judges are the elected officials that any one of us is actually most likely to encounter. The people at the top of the ballot, whether it's presidents or governors, those people we very unlikely to actually directly ever encounter in our lives. And while they make decisions that impact us, judges make decisions that can really mean literally life or death for someone, uh, whether they're going to be financially ruined or not, whether they're going to have a home to live in. Whether you're getting divorced or you're figuring out something related to the will of a loved one or you're dealing with child custody issues, a traffic ticket, all of those things are going to put you in front of a judge. So it's very important that we pay close attention to to the people that we elect to these positions.
2: Mm -hmm. This year, there are 75 candidates running for 29 positions in Cook County. So, Maya, how exactly is this going to look on the average voter's ballot? Am I going to see all 75 names right there?
3: No, actually. So that's a great question. Everyone will see 12 of those races. So there are two appellate court seats that are open. Then there's 10 county-wide circuit seats. Seats on the circuit court that everybody in the county is going to see on their ballot. And then there're the subcircuit races. So just like each of us have, uh, you know, a ward, a congressional district, a state senate district that we live in, we also all each live in a judicial sub-circuit.
2: So when people look at their ballots, they'll see not only the circuit court races, which, as you mentioned, cover the whole county, the sub court races that are, are in their individual sub-circuit, and then those appellate courts. Maya, do do these races get decided in the primary, or will we see these n- names again in November? Because some people tend to tap out in the primary thinking, "Uh, we just going to have to do this again in November.
3: For the vast majority of these races, they're going to be decided in the primary. There are some Republican appellate court candidates who are running. So whoever wins the Democratic primary will be in a contested race with a Republican in November. But Mm -hmm. there aren't any Republican candidates for those 10 circuit court countywide races. So basically, this is this is it. This is the deciding election. And what's very, very important is that once they win, they serve six year terms. And when the judges are done with their six year terms, it's they go up for a retention vote in the entire county. Historically, it's very, very rare that a judge loses a retention vote. So it's really right now that you have an opportunity to make a decision about who's going to be on the bench. And once they're on there, it's very historically and statistically, it's highly unlikely that they're that they're ever going to, you know, be taken off unless they really, really, really screw up or they retire or die. Uh, that you're pretty much stuck with that person.
2: So with this guy being available online, um, I want to walk through it with y'all. So I've got the website uh, pulled up here. Charles, you want to give me that website again for my CityCast listeners? Maybe y'all could follow along and do it with us. So injusticewatch.org slash judges. That's simple. Bang. All right. So when I get to this first page, uh, it asks me to enter in my address or uh, you all will do the the job of locating where I am. So I've entered in my address and it looks like I am in the fifth sub circuit. Uh, Next, you can review your races and pick your candidates. There's like some icons here. Uh, Charles, can you kind of break down what these different icons I'm looking at are?
1: We have one that represents, you know, past controversy. This is an exclamation point. Basically, any judge that has something like wild to consider like a past controversy to consider, we have negative ratings, Uh, icon for a current or former prosecutor, icon for like the Democratic Party's uh, pick or endorsement. And then we also have a current or former public defender.
3: We sent out surveys to all of the candidates running for judge, and most of them actually responded. Um, The question that I thought was most interesting and important to ask was, you know, why do you want this power? And I just think it's really interesting because some of the candidates, you know, they kind of spun the answer as like, well, I want to be of service. But some of them actually engaged with the question of power and grappled with it a bit. And I would say too, think about the fact that like I'm about to give somebody one hundred eighty thousand dollars and a pension. I'm about to give somebody one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year for as long as they want to have that salary. And a and they boat get a pension. Of power. Definitely. I mean, I know some people might, you know, just look for, OK, I'm not going to vote for anybody that has negative ratings or I'm going to vote for all the people who are public defenders. You know, some people are, you know, going to just kind of shorthand it. But I agree with Charles that the most important thing is to actually just read through this carefully.
2: Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we can't get to all 75 candidates in, in 29 open positions, but are there any trends you're seeing in this uh, primary or or races that have particularly high stakes? I would say going back to Maya's article about the Fifth Subcircuit, mm-hmm. um, especially
1: considering Jackie Portman Brown or not being uh, retained last election and trying to become the first judge to be reelected after not being retained.
3: That That's the story that um, uh, we just published last week about that race, about her quest to get back on the bench after being only the second sitting judge in 30 years to lose her seat. So uh, she's got she's got three opponents. It's an interesting it's an interesting mix.
2: Why exactly was uh, Portman Brown not retained for it to be because we said earlier, it's really hard for that to happen. What was the particularities of this situation?
3: She got into some hot water basically uh, a few months before the election. There was a kind of a controversy scandal that erupted about her putting her six-year-old grandniece into her courtroom lockup and leaving her there for like 10 minutes by herself as like a kind of disciplinary uh, approach. So this got caught on the the surveillance camera and then got leaked to the press, and it blew up into this whole scandal about her having poor judgment. A few months later, a bunch of the bar associations that reviewed her did not recommend her. And so, yeah, when she went up for attention countywide, she she did lose her seat. But when she looked at the results in the Fifth Subcircuit specifically, which was the community that originally elected her to the bench. There, she did just fine. Like, almost 70% of the voters voted to keep her on the bench. So that mm-hmm. was why she thought, okay, let me just try again, because the people in my community still want me to be a judge.
2: You all are working year after year to improve and make the guy bigger. Uh, but but we're, we all know that voters, they're not always getting more informed. Primary turnouts still end up disappointing us. Why go so hard, right? Print out so many copies that after the primary may just get like you know tossed away and and you know never looked at again. We
1: cannot rely on 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 what happened in past re- uh, elections and um, in terms of like turnout and whatnot. We still have to do the work of informing people. That's what journalism is and also showing them how judges affect our community. Especially like this year, when we talked about public safety and crime, these are hot button topics uh, in the media right now. Little is mentioned of judges.
2: Any voter can use this guide, read about the candidates, and literally fill out like a sample ballot that they can take into the booth with them. But for people who are listening to this and feeling like, man, should we should we pay more attention to judges? What else can they do besides, you know, being an engaged voter? How can we hold them accountable in those six years?
3: This election, you know, basically the primary election and then the retention election in November, for which we will definitely be back with another guide. That's kind of like, that's our chance to hold them accountable in any way and, and uh, decide whether we want these people to continue wielding power. So unfortunately, we don't have a lot of, a lot of say is as as members of the public, but we really got to take advantage of what we do have.
1: Also, I would say like listen to your neighbors, in terms of like those folks who like been through the Cook County court system in some way. Um, Talk to them about judges. Even like with this guide, I would I would implore people to like get in groups and like discuss what what's actually happening here. I think like we don't witness. Like these elections on a community level, like we do like elections on TVs where you have debates and like, you know, it's more of a a, a group thing to a, a group witness thing of like the politics. We don't really have that around judges. And so
2: that is on. It's like going there and just doing it. It's gotta like a do. private
1: thing. And I think one, one, one barrier that do does prevent, you know, accountability is the fact that like we, we really need to develop more of a uh, group collective consciousness around like voting for judges or like holding judges accountable
2: well early voting is uh, available now across the city of chicago and illinois the 2022 cook county judicial primary election guide is available now thanks to injustice watch maya duke Masava and charles preston thank y'all for being in the building uh and breaking this down for us thank you
3: thank you for having us
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news. Keeping it in the family, as they say. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has picked Monique Scott as the new alder person of the 24th Ward. That's the seat that was vacated by Michael Scott. Yes, the brother of the new alder when he left office to work at Cinespace Studios. It's gonna be really hot again this week, but don't count on cooling off at Park Pools. Chicago Park District isn't opening outdoor pools until July 5th, citing a lifeguard shortage as a reason. One factor in that shortage may be last year's revelations that the parks failed to investigate reports of abuse and harassment among lifeguards. And some good news to get you through. COVID-19 vaccines are now available for kids under five. The city will have family vaccination clinics at city colleges beginning this week. Check the link in our show notes for more details. Thanks for listening. Jacoby will be back tomorrow and we'll talk to you then.
3: I should also close my windows.